0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Pagan World Radio. And you, I see I've gotten it right finally. After only 20 episodes, I finally got it right. And I'm glad I saved this episode for this, um, because I have I'm, I'm really fanboying out. I have someone with me that I really am, enjoy and love listening to, uh, the uh, H. Byron Ballard, you know, the Village Witch, and as we know, Appalachian Magic, and one of the most educated people I know too. So you know, people always hear about these ideas of it. Oh, she she is just a contradiction and an icon. Hi,
1: Byron. <laughs> oh my gosh, can I have t-shirts made that say that? A contradiction sure, and mean? an icon. I love it.
0: Hey, you are. Ed,
1: how are you, how are you doing? Well, I, 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 I do.
0: I do because you came up in very humble beginnings in a family where <laughs> witches was, you know, was part of it, as well as Christ, you know, different types of Christianity, kind of churching, but also the witches and all of that. And at the same time, you're an author of 10 books or will be published by the time you're done, 10 books. And, oh, definitely. And, and you have a master's in fine arts and you have, you're you a Shakespearean, you know, Shakespeare and all of that. So you're highly educated. People don't realize this sometimes, but you've got this lovely way about you <laughs> as an Appalachian witch. So that that's almost like a contradiction for a lot of people.
1: It, it, it really is. I remember um I was invited oh man 2012 2010 something like that mm-hmm. to um, a colloquium at Harvard and it was called forging folklore and they had me up there as, you know, sort of the resident Appalachian person. And
2: mm-hmm. it was really
1: funny because I was staying in a bed and breakfast that had been the home of the guy who drew Little Abner. So mm-hmm. it, it was like irony from from one minute to the next. And part of the paper that I delivered that's in my first book, Stubbs and Ditchwater, was mm-hmm. I Am Your Worst Nightmare. I'm an educated redneck. And the guy who invited me, who was the head of their department, he just started laughing because he he's from Tennessee. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I feel you. Educated rednecks, they really scare people.
0: Hmm, I and, and I think – and I think that you've done a really good job because when you wrote your book, was, it, was that 10 years ago, 11 years ago now? Uh, um,
1: that first book came out in 2012.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, 11 years ago.
1: Yeah, 11 years ago. I've written eight books right. in 11 years.
0: Yep. And you have another coming out, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, so, but we're not going to talk about that. Well, we are going to talk about – so you have one story <laughs> that I like when we're talking about the app your contradiction is that the idea of high versus low uh you know magic <laughs> i think that's a great story uh i know you have a number I, of great stories out there but that was a good one i like that one um
1: son i come from a storytelling culture we we will take mm-hmm. the most simple story and turn it into a saga and by mm-hmm. the time we're done it, it bears almost no resemblance to the simple i went to the i went to get gas in the car and then 20 minutes later, yeah, that's no, just, that's how we are, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, But yeah, that's a, that's a funny story.
0: Would you mind sharing a little bit of it? That one? Um, um But let's go ahead. Actually, I want to, that's another time, hot teaser folks. She's got so many little pieces that you really want to know about. <laughs> Not today. Because <laughs> today we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart and from anyone who follows Byron Ballard on her three major pages, um, the Village Witch, you know, age Byron Ballard author, and Byron her her own main page. But you have to really go to her author's page right at this point. Uh, and she shares everything <laughs> across the board. Uh, but you've been like a baking machine this 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 holiday. You've been it.
1: I'm telling you, I was just lucky with time and the because uh-huh. I had. I had a meeting, like I told you, I had a meeting at 9 o'clock this morning that got rescheduled because the guy's kids had a two-hour delay for school because that's the mm. world we live in. It's it's not the high-powered, well, tell with your kids, I have a meeting with you at 9. It's, okay, well, when you pick the kids up from school, give me a call, and we'll get together, which was exactly the time you and I were going to get together. So I had to jimmy that stuff yeah. around a little bit. but. Um, uh, but the uh, perfect timing was I had these two cakes to make, my, my specialty cake, which is a honey cake. And if I could get mm-hmm. them in by 4 o'clock, they would come out in time for me to call you. <laughs> so I was like biting my nails. Will it work? Will it work? I don't know. Oh, and it did. Oh, it course. worked. My house smells Cause... amazing like a bakery.
0: Of course it did because we live and in a
1: the ninth and tenth cake in the past three days yeah
0: you are going to make (laughs) a lot of people very happy
1: (laughs) Um, Um, i i really love this time of year mm
2: -hmm. and i love
1: to indulge myself in it i when my daughter was little we used to get up before the sun every solstice and we would sing the sun up and we would we have noisemakers and we would dance and have tambourines and drums and all that stuff. And as soon as the sky was light enough, because the sun comes up on the other side of the ridge. So by the time Mm -hmm. we can actually see the sun, it's much later in the day. And then we would come in the house, cold usually, and she'd have hot chocolate and I'd have coffee. So for the past few days, because the world is in such dire straits right now, Mm -hmm. I've been getting up. I'm early enough to sing the sun up now. I've started now. And I'm going to do it straight through the solstice. And and just do that and be very conscious of the changing of the season into what I hope will be a brighter place. I'm, uh, I'm really lucky. There's a couple of Unitarian Universalist congregations around here that have me periodically do their sermon. And I get to do... The sermon on December the 31st. And I'm so excited Ooh. about it. Um, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And the music director said, Well, the cool thing about that day is that it's a waltz day because it's one, two, three, one, two, three. So we're going to incorporate that, that we're going to waltz into the new year and it's going to be hard as hell because it's a political year. If nothing else happened on the globe. If there was peace on Earth, goodwill to all humanity, except it was an election year in this country, that is bad enough. That is hard enough. So is we're going to talk enough. about that. Then we're going to figure out different techniques to get ourselves through it. And you and I have both had such a hard, challenging year. And you were oh, yeah. you were so you were so kind a few minutes ago to say I've learned a lot this year. Yeah, I've learned a lot too. And, yeah. One of the things I'm learning is how is how mm-hmm. to deal because as I pointed out to a friend of mine who said, Well I mean my problem is I've just had so much stress and I said, It's not gonna get less. It's not. Yeah. So you have to figure out yep. how to deal with stress. That's the thing.
0: Yes, and and for me it's it's, it's very interesting, because uh, the radio show, uh, now is because um I wanted to get started over. I'm starting completely almost completely over but you said something a long time ago to me. It was that um, that we're not moving in circles, that we tend to move in spirals. Yes. And uh, and I'm on a spiral. It's like being in the same garage. I'm looking out the window. I can see the same things, except now I'm a couple <laughs> of levels higher. But I'm still in the garage. <laughs> I feel like that. Um, and so one of the things you've, you've really talked about before <laughs> is this idea of – yeah, I know um, –
1: Cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, it just reminded me of, of Jurassic Park when, when the two of them get flung off the ledge by the Tyrannosaurus, and they land in the tree, and then they mm-hmm. scramble out of the car, and they're scrambling down the tree, and they finally make it onto the ground, and the car falls on them but doesn't hurt them, and the, the kid turns to him and goes, we're back in the car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there you are, back in the garage. In
0: the garage. Yeah.
2: And that is an <laughs> app
0: story too, people know. But uh one of the things you've also said is that one of the things we don't hold enough in our community. One, local to the ground. Let's be honest. This is yeah. like my this has become my logo this year. And everybody's saying, What do you mean Pagan World? I'll tell you more about that another time because I want to spend the time with it. Uh, but Pagan World really is a local to the ground project, more so than you think. It has to be. But you hear Yeah. It has to be. And but you're, when you talk about locals to the ground, you're also talking about traditions and things like that, and it means doing things in your local area. And one of the things that has kind of disappeared is the and you, and you know the story, Dickens story, and other stories and ghost stories. And you once instructed, told me that it was and in your classes that it was very much an Appalachian tradition of having ghost stories at at Yule and Christmas. Hmm?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and that. You know that's old Scots, Irish, English stuff. I'm not sure about where else it comes from, but I'm sure other places. Right. But we, um, I mean, we have the great example of Dickens' Christmas Carol. But mm-hmm. but he wasn't speaking in a vacuum. A va- he wasn't writing in a vacuum, because of mm-hmm. the idea that as the year darkens, as the nights grow longer and the days grow shorter, that's when spirits are easily uh, move easily abroad in the world. And we have, in modern, the modern U.S. primarily, we have locked that into Salon. And as though the six weeks between Salon and the winter solstice, it's like, eh, well, you know, that's all done. But it's not. So the spirits that, uh, when we do our, we do an ancestor vigil here every year with Mother Grove Goddess Temple. And one of the mm-hmm. things that we do is we chant to break open the world between the veil between the worlds. And once we open that up at Samhain, it's open. And I mean, to be honest, there hasn't been a veil here in 20 years. But if you want to still pretend there's a veil, okay, that's fine. But they are abroad all the time. And, and we also love to scare ourselves. So we Mm want to, we want to hold that. We want to, make a little corral for those spirits around the time when we have decided that they can come and scare us, but after that, it, too much, too much. But when mm-hmm. they are going to be the most intense is going to be right before the solstice. So that, well, just the, the, the time we are stepping into right now, the time between, because we have dark moon um, tonight. Wow. Is dark moon. New moon is tomorrow, so dark moon is tonight. And man, I don't think they're going to be abroad tonight, this close to the winter solstice, this close to Mercury retrograde. And God, I can't even tell you right now what other planets are retrograde. So they're here. They're here.
0: Right. And Pluto, so one of the things of Mercury retrograde. Anyone who knows about my magic, I I love astrological and astronomical events. I timed them on them. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, look, we went to the Parliament of World Religions. One of the great stories is we went to the Parliament of World Religions, and that new moon ritual right there—they had this great new moon ritual. I had uh, no way of planning it, but it was so precise for what I wanted to do. And the crystal web opened up; it was it was beautiful. And people don't understand the power of stories. For me, the crystal web is one of my great one of the greatest stories that I get to tell. But you, you. You tell stories very personally to people. People love to sit around. I've seen it at festivals. If you ever go to a festival, and you know, poor Byron. Sometimes I think she gets oversaturated. She's very polite, and she does have boundaries. But I do think she gets over, she she gets oversaturated with people just wanting, and they all, they will talk to her, but they also will listen to her. And, and she's one of the few great leaders, which is actually listened to more than talked at.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh, thank you. I I hope that's true. I really do. It doesn't feel like name? that sometimes, but I know that I had a good friend last week who had a she had a heart attack, then had emergency surgery, and I didn't even mention her name. I just put into social media. I've got a very dear friend, and she is perilously mm-hmm. ill. And eight hundred people responded. Eight hundred people. And they either said, I'll, I'll light a candle, I'll pray, I'll send good energy, whatever. And then she died.
2: And mm-hmm.
1: I I let everybody know because it seemed only fair after they mm-hmm. had done that. Um, yeah. And and again, the sa- almost exactly the same number of people were like, oh, hail the traveler. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So as much as I feel like sometimes the community doesn't listen to me, if I ask them, out out of my deepest need always come forward always it's great
0: so I part of what you've done I mean we got to really so we knew each other this is one of those stories so a so long time ago when I was the worm guy uh, Byron and I got to know each other a little bit in that world um, which is permaculture and try to save the planet yeah. and, and right?
1: Green, 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 green. And and it's so funny, y'all, I had followed Ed's story so closely and was so angry with all that had happened to him. But mm-hmm. when I met him for the first time, um, I don't remember who introduced us, but said Ed Hubbard. And what? I went, oh, oh my God, are, we you, were, are you Ed the Worm guy? <laughs> it was
0: in 2018. It was at Heartland, and we were sharing a cabin because we were speakers. Hmm? Is, is that – we didn't meet before the, then? No. no, wow. I don't remember us. That was it. We had known each other for a while now because I'd been in the worm business for a couple, you know, many years with that. Yeah. And I was still in the worm business <laughs> when I did that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and the look on your face was priceless. I was like, yeah. Oh, sure. Well, Well, yes, I am. I am Ed the Worm
2: Guy.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, you and I both, I mean, it feels like we've known each other longer than that. Yeah. Because really, that's only about, what, six years, five yeah. years? Yeah,
2: yeah that'll be a straight
1: five. We've been through so much <laughs> that I guess it feels, oh, yeah, we're it only feels through like the we've known each other longest. We only went through the COVID <laughs> yes. years. Oh, my God. And, and through one after another explosion in the pagan community.
0: And there's a psychological one that I, we talked to. You know, they talk about... If you want to get to know somebody, meet them in many different places so you have them in many different situations. And you and I, where we meet each other is sometimes we festivals and conferences and just random places at times.
1: I, and I, think I know. It's, re- it's really funny to me when, yeah. when we just appear. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were going to be here. And sometimes and, you'll be really clear. I'm not going to be at XYZ Festival. And then like a week before you go, no, I think I'm going to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that happened to me at Starwood but last year. Neil Neil said I needed your help exactly,
1: okay, yeah. and I, I, said, okay, I think I I think I called you to Starwood because you set you and Eric saved me at Starwood, or maybe oh, you sure. saved other people that I might have murdered in their sleep. I don't know, but having the two of you around there was really good. Well,
0: that's so, that's very nice. Big I, gratitude,
1: well, my brother. Yeah, I
0: always try to do that. Um, I try to be useful, but um, but. Since twenty eighteen <laughs> you've slowly and surely grabbed and I think one of the things people don't understand, you're telling a very modern story. You have a very traceable story at this point. From from oh, the yeah. time I've gotten it out. Know, and and this is on Facebook and through other means, your Facebook, your website. But you tell your story every day. This is something I aspire to and I tell people they should be doing it. This is one of those times where Alice gives very good advice but rarely follows it. Um I'm pretty bad. <laughs> Um, but I put up things like coffee and I ask questions. You tell your life. How did I know that you're baking? So you showed us to them. Because
1: I, not only did I announce it on social media, I put photos up.
0: And it made me hungry. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: can, you, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that storytelling? And when you go to festivals, you put on pictures, and when you go out, you go on pictures, and when you go down the street. And sometimes it's things that are really difficult because, like, you know, branches down on the street or they're trying to build things in your neighborhood that you, you, people really don't want to, you know, dark moons, full moons. I mean, you go the whole gambit. You tell a whole story.
1: I I try to. And I see, I see so many people, particularly um, authors, um, let's say metaphysical authors, and they've got a brand and they don't vary from that brand. They don't allow photos of them that don't look a certain way they mm-hmm. don't allow uh they they don't vary and if they vary from the brand, they find mm-hmm. a way to rope that thing back into their brand and i really I don't have a brand now people people tag me quite rightly with Appalachian Folk magic because I was mm-hmm. one of the first people in the modern age. Now, Jerry Milnes wrote a definitive book on Appalachian folk magic, but that came out, I think, in the 80s. But mm-hmm. I was the first one that was really writing from the position of being not only a practitioner of Appalachian folk magic, uh, but um, but learn, learning more, learning as, as much as I could about different kinds of folk magic in the area. And I, I was the first one that was really doing that. Now evidently, I made that look easy because after that, après moi <laughs> le deluge so now yeah. there's all kinds of people there all about Appalachian folk magic, and some of them are even appalachian but the The point is that that's not who I am exclusively i mean mm-hmm. i'm a I'm a high priestess, I'm the founder of not only a non profit a pagan. Nonprofit profit social service agency, the Coalition of Earth Religions, but I'm also mm-hmm. one of the founders of a goddess temple, in addition mother to God. that, I'm a farmer and a permaculturist and a mother and a singer, which almost nobody knows because I haven't done anything with my singing career in years, I have a master's degree in theater, and, and mm-hmm. people now that, that I talk about that, I'll go, well, I mean, you know, I'm an actor. And they look at me like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, I'm a highly trained actor. So that and I, I think... And, no, I was just going to say, when when people will come up to me, sometimes I, I get to do ritual at festivals, and people mm-hmm. come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, the way you called the quarters, I really did feel it. And what I want to say to them is I'm I'm glad, because that's the mm-hmm. intention, but what you felt was a trained Shakespearean actor, who who said the words in a way that they struck you. So that's, that's think, a technique as much as anything else.
0: And I think people don't realize how much education – because you started the book, we just said, 11 years ago. And you had lived mo- more of your life – you lived a lot of your life before that, before you wrote that first book. You had all of your yeah. careers. You, were, you talked about having – I saw a picture of you when you – both about, you know, the first book, your first book signing and, and how corporate you were at that time, I think. If I remember. Yes. Right. You know. And I wanted you to had,
1: look a certain way.
0: Right. And you were, yeah. you know, you had a whole career and you've been, you went through school. You've had a whole cre- You had at least two careers from what I said before you even started writing your books. That, you know. <laughs> right? I mean, and people don't know yeah.
1: that. I mean. Mean I mean when I got out of yeah, when I got out of graduate school with my m f a in theater um I came back here and started um, a regional theater, and mm-hmm. then you know ten years later, I had a baby, and it just wasn't it didn't feel right to me to have a child to raise a child that I would only see you know for forty five minutes while I made her some macaroni and cheese before I went off for rehearsal so Mm-hmm. I put all that on hold for a while, and man, being a parent is great fun. I ha- I've had nothing but delight because she's the best kid in the world. I say mm-hmm. that knowing that you think your daughter is the best kid in the world, so I get that. We will no, just have to agree And I do.
0: I think that's a very personal choice. In my reality tunnel, my daughter is, and in your reality tunnel, the way we were, of course she is. And I hope of everybody feels, and of course she is. And um, but that's just saying Matt they're like, oh hi, you know, my daughter's very friendly. Uh, I, well, you got to meet her. I, know, I loved
1: meeting your daughter in in Chicago. Yeah. I loved meeting her.
0: And Sherry's like, nobody here knows you have a daughter or son. They're like, well, I don't talk about it much um,
1: <laughs> because well, I'm protecting them. Exactly same with me because I am, I have been an out witch always. Always right. there because my grandmother, great grandmother and mother all self-identified with that word mm-hmm. so that, I mean, I tell the story all the time. Uh, when I was a sophomore, I think in high school, in fact, my yearbook's right over there. I should go find it. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of mine had said, had signed it to the communist witch who's the head of the mafia. <laughs> and so, I mean, I I was known that way from middle school on. Before that, it wasn't. I wasn't particularly known that way because I went to a, a Lutheran school. So mm-hmm. we didn't bandy the word witch around very much. But once I went into the public schools, that became a a, a protection for me. That's interesting. I, mean, I, was a really, I was a really smart kid and a fat kid with glasses who wasn't good at sports but could draw pretty pictures. Man, that I just had a target on my back from the age of 12 to the age of 18. Yeah. And I think a lot of understand. people in that community like that.
0: Well, I'm, I am, except I was a c- Christian of the early dominionist movement. My church was like one of the first ones mm-hmm. got swept up in the mandate in 75. Yeah. I was like 12 years old, but our, well, I bet, but I was very skinny. I didn't do sports well and I was super smart. And I mean, yeah. in this way that, and not in a good way, but in the way that public schools ask you to regurgitate information. I was good at yeah. in my pastor. I'm not – so I, that's one of the things people say, oh, you were really smart as a kid. No, I was good at the smart you were looking for. But as an emotional person, yeah. I was a mess as a kid. People picked on me and everything else. I didn't know how to handle it. No, you know, today, people, people, uh, people thought I was going to go off to college and all that. I didn't know. I didn't get out of high school. I got GED in the military. Um, yeah. And I'm happy with my life because I think – so – I think we're living lives that people are going to remember. I do. I think, you know, as they do I think that's the thing you should be doing right now because I, I really feel like we're going through so many magical things. Can you talk about living a magical life worthy of telling a story about?
1: Ah, uh, that mm-hmm. is – I mean, that, that is a sermon I preach all the time. I started in the past few years of saying mm-hmm. – eradicate the word mundane from your vocabulary. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. that oh, I'm back in mundane. Oh, I'm doing my mundane life. Well, if you think it's mundane, then that's your problem. If you think your everyday life, your workaday life has to not have magic in it, that's mm-hmm. you shutting the door on what life could be. And I you know, I, I ain't got sympathy for that.
0: Mm-mm. Open
1: the door, let the magic in.
0: And when you talk about your friend who first was sick and then passed away, and you got such a response from people because they believe, you know, because they believe they want to support you, but they also believe in their magic, that that meant something. And I think people don't understand that, that magic means something in the world when it's practiced.
1: Well, I think there are a lot of people in our community, to be honest, who don't actually practice magic. They talk about magic, and they bless them. They buy books, and they read about magic. But I think they're afraid. They're afraid to try it in case they can't do it. They're afraid to try it in case they can do it. Because if you really have the power of the universe at your fingertips, you've got a big responsibility in a world that is ragged.
0: Oh, and I'm a big believer that I – within the confines of who that is, is that we change the world. We absolutely do change the world around um but not by myself i mean it feels so much you know sometimes it feels and i know people say this all the time sometimes it feels like quicksand when you're practicing in sand but if you do these little things because you say do magic do magic every day do it all the time do it all the time do it all the time time. yeah that sort of thing and that does make for a a magical world i mean somebody asked me why am i not one of the great speakers because they like how i speak and everything else and i go I don't – and this is what I learned over COVID and going to festivals. I don't tell enough stories. I'm one of the most fascinating people. I'm you know, thoughtful. I give them things to think about. I'm,
1: I'm the,
0: I, am, I am the cool science teacher, this cool sort of technical yeah. person. Huh?
2: <laughs> right?
1: It's true. And you've got all, the, all this information at your fingertips. I love that. Uh, and, what, you know, Ed, that's why you and I make a great teaching team.
0: We do. We and we only to got to them. do that that
1: one time, really.
0: Yeah. But, and, but we well, really, uh, our
1: styles really complement each other.
0: The impromptu at the uh, camp sometimes. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> we should probably, we'll talk, we'll talk about that, uh, Yeah, about this year where, where we're heading into. Because um, you're going to get to a point where you're, you're going to slow down the festivals, right? You're getting to the point where you're doing more and more work at home. Or...
1: well i i did so much this year i pretty much said yes to everything when i there were some did. things that i really should have because i was still catching up from covid there was one festival um the free spirit gathering and mm-hmm. i had tried twice during covid to do um to do something online for them mm-hmm. and both times i was at wisteria and the Wi Fi there is so bad that I had to disappoint them twice. So this year when they invited me to come back I said yes mm-hmm. because I felt like I had kind of screwed them over and I needed to go there and bring my A game and and really let them know that I appreciated what I appreciated the invitation. All those years mm-hmm. even though I couldn't do such a good job for them and I should not have gone it was a it was an arduous trip it was an exhausting uh, event and and it, it you know it didn't help what I was doing but mm-hmm. it was so I mean the year was busier than I thought so this year is not so busy intentionally now february but. and march are just monsters but by the time I get to may my my vista gets mm-hmm. cleaner
0: Wow, what what makes February, May, uh, March such a monster?
1: Golly, well, You're funny just... you should ask that. There's <laughs> one weekend. There's one weekend where I am already booked to do this new. This is the second year of this festival in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, called Mythicon, and it is a that. natural out. Yeah, natural outgrowth of FairyCon that was the East Coast mm-hmm. FairyCon that was so good for a while and then so awful and then finally folded. So mm-hmm. I I know all the people there. That'll feel like a homecoming. I'll get to teach some of my uh, fairy related classes that I love teaching. So that's great. Well, then I'd agreed to do an, uh, an online event that same weekend, and I was like, no, oh, no. I can do that. You know, if they'll just put my online class in the evening, no no problem, no problem. Well, today, I got contacted about the fundraiser they do for Starwood every year, Winter Star. And they said, could you teach a class? And I I looked at the dates and went, well, okay, here's the thing. I'm already at a festival, and then I'm teaching a class at another festival online. So, yeah, if you can give me an evening class and – Tell me now when it is so I can schedule around it. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. And I did that because I really believe in the Starwood Festival. And I'm not going to be able to go this year because I'm taking a tour of P. Cornwall, magical Cornwall. And I'm not going to be at Starwood for the first time in literally years.
0: One of my hopes, folks, and one of my manifestations is that I, I, I would love to go with you. And I know it's a tour, right? It's people you're taking people. Right, he's not yeah, I'm you taking by
1: yep. no, so I'm taking people. Yep. No, I'm taking people.
0: And so, is that still open for people to it sign is. up for?
1: It is. It. The thing about it, though, that I keep telling the organizers and my friends is that it's an expensive tour. And, sure. I mean, if the, it, it 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 handle it takes care of the cost of it takes care of almost everything with the exception mm-hmm. of your flight there, and that's not going to be cheap either. So, no. yeah, it's going to be great fun, and we finally we made enough people. We have enough people signed up that we know we're going to mm-hmm. do it for sure. But that will be a lot of fun, and I know a lot of people in Cornwall have been there several mm-hmm. times and just looking forward to taking a group to all sorts of wonderful places that are – that are inherently magical and we will make them more magical by our presence there because that's what we do. Because what you're talking about is we have to walk our talk and if you walk around, you know, dressed in your quote unquote witchy best, but you're not actually doing that cosplay. Nothing wrong with cosplay. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, but it's not what I do. Heaven knows, I do not cosplay what I do.
0: Yeah, I think this year is a year people realize that I wasn't cosplaying either. Uh, <laughs> that it, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> I <think? It>
0: did. <laughs> I think this year more so than many years. Um, I just, you know, <laughs> one of these days I'm going to talk about this entang- t- fairy entanglement story I'm involved with. I need a good storyteller uh-huh. to help me sort that out some someday. Um, but in this, I think that I think people underestimate so i hear this all the time people nostalgize the past they just make it so nostalgic and so was so much better and they demonize the future like it's going to be awful it's going to be all these terrible things they're not going to listen to me they're not going to do things and they give up the now and mm-hmm.
1: one, exactly
0: and you're saying that we should be in the now I mean, it's okay to plan for the future and it's good to think about the past. That's where our stories come from, it's the past. Right? That's where our stories come right. from. Our best stories. Or our imagination. And um and they even then they're building out of your past. But they don't live now. I mean one of the things I think you were said in a class one time, it says, Well, how can we tell ghost stories? It says, you know, take out one of your family albums that nobody's seen in a while and sit down around the family with it, you know. People probably haven't seen yeah. those pictures in a while. And and that yeah. invokes your ancestors. I mean, it's a very...
1: Well, I, yeah, I, have, I, an, I have an elderly cousin. She was 101 mm-hmm. this year. And when I went to her birthday party, the year she turned 100, she pulled a dress out of her closet. And she wanted mm-hmm. to show it to me. And she said, your grandmother sewed this dress for our mother. And it was a dress that my grandmother, it was like a standard cotton 1940s sort of dress. Mm It was simple um, because my grandmother got her family through the depression by taking in sewing. And and that was tangible. So this woman who is 101 years old, almost 102 years old, she... Mm -hmm. Knew my great grandmother, mm-hmm. and can tell stories about her, and and I am fortunate because I live in the place that my people are from, so there are mm-hmm. still people around who can say who can tell those stories, and that is a rich, rich uh, legacy.
0: I can understand that. I'm very fortunate that my family kind of settled into Chicago. Yeah, we had the country yeah. mouse, city mouse type of situation. There he goes. What does <laughs> that mean? He so said we had we had members' families who lived in Chicago, and they also lived on a big farm in, in Kentucky, on the edge of Kentucky, close to Illinois. And they would the farm kids and would go up to the city, you know, during certain times of the year, especially Christmas, you know, that time of year. And the city kids would get sent down to the farm for the summer. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh? No, that, I think that is so important, and I think we've lost that.
0: Right. And I don't it was know how, if that were... even
1: happens at all. I'm sorry. Well,
0: you know it doesn't because what eventually happened, my grandfather got elderly, and the best thing he did and the worst thing he did for his family, he would say, is that the thing he raised was college-educated children. Yes. Yeah. And, and none of them wanted to take the farm, and he had eventually sold – and Dole was putting a lot of pressure at that time to buy up farms. And they had a sorghum, mostly sorghum, a little bit of tobacco. Um, mm. I suspect a few other things. Hemp is out on their edge. Uh, <laughs> I always joke about that. And there were moonshiners. My family down there were moonshiners. I mean, that's one of the reasons wow. why did we become a city mouse? Why was a city mouse there? It's because
1: of prohibition,
0: huh? Exactly. You know, Kentucky bourbon. My great
1: grandfather. Was... Go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was saying no. I I did finish. Uh, I was just, I was just <laughs> the, saying it was Kentucky the, bourbon, so
1: yeah. Oh nice. Um, yeah. yeah. The the husband of my great grandmother that I just mentioned, he mm-hmm. was the he was the middleman. So they were part of this mill village where I live now, and the mm-hmm. uh, folks would come in from the country with batwing bottles full of corn liquor, mm-hmm. and he would hold them. He would hold them at his store. And then the big city processors would come in and pick them up. So he was the middleman. He never, he didn't, he didn't make it himself, but he certainly um, benefited from the proceeds, I guess.
0: Absolutely, and it kept yeah. a lot of people alive. It kept a lot of people alive. I mean, yeah. there's, a, we talk about law and order and all of that, but there's always been this secondary culture that we have in America where. Mm-hmm. And it still exists. I mean, it, you know, it, it's still so pronounced where people do exchange labor. And I see the festivals a lot. And, you know, in the cities, especially cities where this idea of stories have, you know, you want your ancestors to look pristine is such a terrible thing. They should be seen as human beings. I think that's a great story it, about it.
1: Yeah, and it's boring. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my cousin today and she was she lives in Charlotte, and she was talking about Charlotte, old money, and she had been to some luncheon, and I think mean, it just sounded dull, 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 dull. Yeah. Um, yeah, what What makes us interesting are what our ancestors went through and what we went through to be where we are now. But but the so, now is vitally important, vitally.
0: Yeah. So one story that I got told in my family over and over again, even while he was – my great-grandfather, I'm named after my great-grandfather. He was August Edward Matson. I was Edward August and, of course, Hubbard. But um, but I was named after he lived to be 89 years old. He was a daily walker. i I really kind of and the oldest person to live in my family. But here is one of the stories. And it was, to the chagrin of all the women and to the joy of every man, my great-grandfather became a, photo- was a photographer. He was an early playboy. And at 77 <laughs> seven years old – he did. I had a babysitter. I actually had Good a babysitter. For him.
1: That,
0: I had a babysitter that was play. I had at least two um, babysitters when I was young, not knowing anything, right? That were um, <laughs> that were, were Playboy models. That would become Playboy models. Um, oh,
1: my God, that's so funny.
0: Right, and so and so then he would go at seventy-seven years old. They sent him to the doctor because he was having really problems. They came back and he said, "Oh, great grandpa has a social disease." At seven <laughs> and the men cheered and the women
1: gnashed
0: their teeth, and I hope I'm happy. Oh by no! Means, uh, oh yeah, and that's a great story. I mean, it's a true story, but it's a great story because it, it you know, has anguish and depends on. It really shows.
1: <laughs> and
0: you know, he'd been a widow for many, many years, so it was never, it was not, a, you know, any of that. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's but so yeah. Funny. My
1: father always said the way he wanted to die is he wanted to be shot at the age of 99 by a jealous husband.
0: There you go. (laughs) That would be good. Now, he died of
1: stomach cancer because he was a lifelong smoker, but yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. we can understand that. And so these stories get embedded in our lives, and they they really make a difference to us. Um, So the last little bit. So how are we going to make – 2024, a year worthy of storytelling. Because I think it's going to be a big year. I mean, I think it's a big Oh, year. yeah. And uh, the last week of December, we're going to be talking pretty extensively. The last night is the Dominion show we're going to be talking about. But how can we, in this more positive light of all, as we're about to start into the retrograde, and this will be yeah. the last retrograde, I mean, get ready to have a good time this year because you know this world is going to be very interesting. And then it ends January 1st, and then Pluto goes into Aquarius, which is uh, important to me. And my birthday yeah. is on the year of the dragon, and I'm coming out of the year of the rabbit, because I'm a rabbit.
1: Nice.
0: And so I'm my a birthday monkey. Party, I'm
1: a metal monkey.
0: So on February 10th, Saturday, which is my birthday, it's also the year of the dragon. So we're going to celebrate oh. that.
1: It, it's yeah, just weirdly I, I think – yeah, I think the reading the omens in as positive a light as we can is going to be helpful. But also, and I say this a lot, you do not counter a culture of death, which is what we live in. We love mm-hmm. death. We we cherish the warrior because that is the person who is death-dealing but but whom death never mm-hmm. touches. We love death. We love war and conflict and all that. But you don't counter mm-hmm. that kind of culture. With more death, you counter it. By being alive, by living a big, full, rich life. And some of that mm-hmm. has to do with just having some kind of faith that you're going to get through it, and the people you love are going to get through it, and you're going to help other people get through it. But also, what are you going to learn from it? I mean, you and I have already said it's been a hell of a year for both of us, and we learned a lot. We learned about we learned about ourselves. We learned about our, our communities,
2: all mm-hmm. of that.
1: So. We, we have to we have to come up with the techniques that we can use day by day that mm-hmm. are going to make us be able to be conscious and and to give good attention to the places good attention needs to be given. Mm-hmm. We're going to need. I I think I told you a friend of mine was saying, oh, you know, it's just been it's just a period of high stress, and I said, yeah, but that's what twenty four is going to be, high stress all year. So it's going to behoove I, all of us to figure out how you deal with stress.
0: And uh, so for me, I'm going to take and channel it into trying to continue building something. So this year really clarified. So I had my projects end. I mean, just they did. I outgrew them. I mean, it, it is hard after 22, yeah. 30 years. I just outgrew them. I mean, like, and and great people took it over. Some amazing people took over projects. They're all still existence? Nothing that I created has gone away. It's not like Ed pulled back and they collapsed. Far from it. They're ongoing and continuous, which is the best legacy anyone can have. Hmm? That what they do is when they go ahead. Go 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 ahead.
1: I was just that's it's a triumph. It's absolutely a triumph, and and it was hard to watch you go through some of that, but to know that. Even though it was hard for you, you can look at the at the labor of all that love and good attention, and, mm-hmm. and it's still standing, standing strong and proud. And you did that. Yep. Well,
0: You're thank not you. Not the only
1: one, but you did do that.
0: Oh, sure. Everybody, nobody does it in an absence. There's always a team behind it. I mean, there is that. Yeah. We can so one of the things that I've learned for myself as a chief vision officer, but you, let me offer an insight where I think you were this year, you were on a death march, you know, selling books, teaching people, telling them you had to do magic. <laughs> you were kind of on a death march across the country um, with everything. So did you, you know, what insights did you come away with that, that make a difference to you and maybe others if they heard it?
1: Uh, well, the big thing for me is what we talked about earlier, circles on the ground. We all know from every disaster that happens, whether it is human caused or simply natural, is that the first responders are also the people who are the victims of whatever the disaster is. And once you realize that, once you get the permission slip to jump in and start cleaning and and burying and feeding, I mean, the... The World Kitchen mm-hmm. guy, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, I mean, he goes into these disaster zones and he looks for the cooks and the chefs. because, well, we're setting up a kitchen and this is how we're going to do it, so that people get fed. Mm-hmm. So that's what the circles on the ground is about. and But it requires mm-hmm. us to stop pissing in each other's oatmeal and going, well, but I, I mean, I can't possibly work with you because you believe X, Y, Z. Yes, there are some people that are going to be a hard no, but the majority of the pagan community could work together if they could get off their high horse, if they could put their ego in a box just for a minute, leave it by the door, you can pick it up as you go out, and just Mm -hmm. get the work done. But no, 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 we're going to cancel this person, we're going to make this particular thing a a closed practice, and Mm -hmm. we are – we do not have the kind of courage I would like for us to have to just say, well, this is my practice and I've been doing it for a while and I'm pretty good at it. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of sure that you're not going to change my mind about that. So here yep. we go. So, so I, think I think that's vitally important. And, and I and that's another sermon I preach all the time about getting to know the people mm-hmm. around you, whether they are your co-religionists or not. Someone that I love in my community who's doing amazing work with the homeless community. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a Baptist minister, and she's yeah. the wildest Baptist minister you're ever going to know. She and I can work hand-in-hand hand because our visions are the same, our intentions are the same, and we both love community. We love our community. So we can work together, we can work together with all kinds of people if we just would. Mm-hmm. But we're not so, but so good at that. So the circles no. on the ground, that's important. But also to realize that, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned the uh, dark moon, full moon things. I've been mm-hmm. doing those off and on, mostly on throughout COVID. And there is now an online community of people mm-hmm. who, they want to do a dark moon. And maybe 7,500 people are going to show up for that. And I do it live on Facebook. And, and they will say things to me like, I'll have us all stand in a circle and hold hands or do the belly basket or one of those things. Mm-hmm. And they will report back to me that they can feel the warmth of the hand that is holding theirs. And that hand may be a thousand miles away. It may be more than mm-hmm. that. We have people that join those circles from Australia and South no. Africa. So they, oh no, of course they can't feel that hand, but they can feel that hand. So that gives us such a huge opportunity. To explore what the concept of the astral is, and we have been saying that mm-hmm. as long as I've been in in modern paganism, is meeting mm-hmm. on the astral and we'll do that work on the astral well we are on the astral all day now, all the time,
0: yeah, the internet is the astral right cyberspace is psychic space, I keep saying it,
1: yep, and I think absolutely. And,
0: and there's some battles coming up. And, and during the last week, I'll talk about the AI battle that everybody's ignoring or trying to say, oh, they're doing things, bad things. Like, you're not going to stop these machines. You're just not. So what is what is our cloud going to look like? That's another conversation.
1: Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, we'll uh-huh. talk about Wait. that at the end, of the end of the month.
0: Yeah, right. So let me leave with one last note. Well, I, I really am grateful. And I think a lot of people are grateful to have you in our community and and to be, have become at this rare time. I think our time to become a, a voice of common sense. I think you are a voice of common sense and just enough uh, not common sense at times when it makes it useful. You're, you're good at not, you know, like, not common sense. You <laughs> have to do you. this.
1: I do try huh? to, you know, practical knowledge is important, I think, absolutely.
0: Right. And um, that people can get, come out and see you. They, you're really accessible. So I'm really appreciative of it. And we've talked about how to have magical stories. You should share them. Um, so what can Let's go ahead and do that. Myvillagewitch.com, is that correct, where you can find your stuff? Yes,
1: that is correct. That is correct. Okay. And you can find devil. me on the socials. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm, uh, several pages on there for my books, but also, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Byron Ballard and then H. Byron Ballard, author, witch about Town, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also mm-hmm. on Twitter, where I mostly follow a bunch of people who are either gardeners, permaculturists, farmers. Uh, I don't do politics i i follow the surprising eel historian Uh, anyway so i'm on twitter and um, only occasionally on insta i really want to learn to use that better i'm I'm not very proficient
0: well at which college we're going to be teaching a lot of classes about that next year i've got people Uh, set up to start teaching it's a community college people want to know what it is we'll talk about that another uh, people i've been talking about because
1: i want to do some teaching there too
0: Yep, absolutely. I'm hoping for the witch starter class, the introduction to witch culture. I've gotten some great people, including yourself. Great. Um, Jason Mankey's going to teach Uh Papa G out of Tennessee is going to teach us Hoodoo and folk magic of that, of, of that area. Um, his husband Eric is going to teach us about Catholic quarter. I don't. I probably.
1: Ooh, fun.
0: Yeah, so we're going to have some really. And the idea of that course is going to be is an introduction. I told everybody this is where people don't have, you know are bright, intelligent, right, but are going to have zero knowledge. We're going to expect that class to have zero knowledge. And we're going to explain what witch culture looks like, not pagan culture per se, but the underlying witch culture, which is actually multidimensional in many ways. It's been a real education learning that. But we need to upgrade our community. I really do believe that. Um,
1: having said yeah, we that. We need to get them out of the rut of mm-hmm. where they are and to see the possible.
0: Because only two things are going to happen in 2025, right? We're going to have a, a very happy year because we we feel relieved, even though maybe we shouldn't be, but we will feel relieved we've kind of missed a bullet in, in 2024, or we're going to feel like we're at war in this country because yeah. we didn't miss a bullet. And I'm not going to go it's any further one or the than other. that. Right? It is. And yeah. I think we need to be prepared for both those. Uh, you know, it's, the training you get for one is the same training you get for the other.
2: Uh,
1: exactly. And there, there's two whole generations um, after me, at least two, who don't understand what we went through in the 70s and 80s. They just they no. don't have a clue. No. And they need to know that, yeah, right now where you live in a very chic urban area, you might be able to bandy the word witch around and nobody cares, but that's not true everywhere, and people need to be aware no. of that.
0: And still – and, and, and um, I will not walk into the country of Saudi Arabia because I'm on their hit list. Um, yeah, people, I wouldn't doubt huh? I am. Oh, yeah, because I taught witchcraft, and they actually beheaded one of our students. Um, they got oh caught. Oh, my gosh. This is almost now 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Yeah. One yeah. of our students who was in Saudi Arabia was an actual citizen. Um, and, yeah, we had a whole fight with the State oh. Department over that, right, because they wanted us to give up – Saudi Arabia was demanding all of the names of them. And we said no, and then told the State Department if they tried to do it, we would uh, we would shred the uh, database. I would destroy everything before I would give it to them and never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so uh. fortunate on that. But, yeah, and, to and, the world.
1: And we look at the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and we go, oh, yeah, but that's not like us. But it is like us. And mm-hmm. and if things don't go well in November of next year, that will be us.
0: That's it. And we have to and, be ready and, for that. And, well, I'm in the other one. I'm, this is a preview of what you see when Byron comes back on the 28th.
1: Because
0: <laughs> we're also, you know, and that will be, uh, we'll be prepared for that because I also think that, Pagan Pride events and other pagan public events need to be a lot more careful this year. Not, not go to yeah. them. I think people have to come out in droves. Um, yep. But, but we'll talk about that in techniques. So we're going to be going all over this because Pagan World Radio is your nightly radio station. And today we were be talking with uh-huh. Byron Ballard of myvillagewitch.com. <laughs> and you can find her everywhere. Uh, my favorite books are hers. Is his latest one, Small Magics. is a wonderful book that if you really want to Thank give you. someone something – if you, and I think it's good for people who, are, who may have some talent themselves and be a little bit, but they have that friend, that daughter, that son, that nephew. I think Small Magics is a good introduction book for you because it gives them something to do in very understandable and relatable pieces. So Small Magics by Byron Ballard is a, a great Christmas. <laughs>
1: hmm? Well, thank you. Be my promo guy.
0: <laughs> well, I am. I, I, of course I am. Uh, yeah,
1: you are. You really are. <laughs> uh,
0: but I, I mean this and all things like that. So we will talk again.
1: Thank you for coming yes. on. And, uh, uh, it was a delight, as always. You know, I am. You talk about fan being my fanboy, but, you know, I'm your fan girl. I, oh, I support you him. and all the all the zany, including the worms. Yes.
0: Uh, and they're, they're going to come back. There's, there's a whole story. They're going to be talking. I'm going to teach that at college. Um, Excellent. There we go. Yeah. And so right now we're going to go to speak your own books, a children book uh, from that is based on the heathen sort of thing. And we're going to hear from Chris Copeland and talks about a child book, uh, the Yule of, I won't even try to pronounce it, but it's definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're back with Peggy Books and with one of my favorite people, Chris Coakland. Uh Speak your own books, one of those radically new companies that took advantage of the change in the world and is able to help you produce the book of your dreams. And all you have to do is be able to speak. So, hi, Chris. How you doing?
2: Hi, Ed. That's a great introduction. Very, very flattering. Thank you very much. I appreciate and she, that.
0: And it's the truth. You're helping a lot of people get published. Um
2: We've and had I, a lot of fun in the past few years, yeah.
0: And this, today, we're going to uh, accentuate one of your books that you've, you, your company has helped produce, and that is for children.
2: Yes, yeah. Uh, so today we're talking about Yule and Nisa Hawkins, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see here the, the cute little drawings uh, that were made by a Dutch artist. Um, his name is Peter Demetz, and he's also a stick-and-poke tattoo artist, um, and he's a uh, uh, and a very talented artist and uh, just a really nice guy too. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, Ferfe, who is—he's uh, the author of the book and he is from Argentina. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also written another book that's available on our website. So uh, it's a, a collection of short stories. Really, if you like um, things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Human, Human or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, then you'll really like his stuff. It's very similar to that in style. Yeah. So
0: so that's pretty amazing. So you'll and if you're hearing this, you still have time. Where do you get them? Let me go ahead right away. Where do you get it?
2: at speakyourownbook.com forward slash syob bookstore you can also just go to, straight to our homepage and click on syob bookstore um the book itself uh it, if you it should be at the top of the page we'll we'll make sure it's uh, up there mm-hmm. for this for the season um but yeah we wanted to focus on this one because it's getting close to yule time so if you're looking for um a gift to give a uh, pagan child um or wiccan child uh, or someone in the, the spiritual community who might enjoy it, um, mm-hmm. yeah, check out our website and you can order either the print copy or the PDF copy. And the cool thing about it is that you can color uh, the drawings on the inside. So it's also a coloring book for children.
0: Wow, that's that's good. Um, I've noticed there's a lot more materials coming out about um kids books. But what makes this one, this Yule, why would somebody want this Yule book? I mean, yeah, versus some of the other things that are out there. But what makes this a good children's book? Uh,
2: well, it has a really good lesson in it overall. So, um, you know, it the, the book itself is fun and sweet and cute, um, but it also tells a really beautiful story about uh, a little girl who moves to a new town and kind of her fears and worries about that and how she um, manages to, to make friends anyway uh, and um, is able to uh, understand Yule and come to know what Yule is. So it's a lot of... Um, uh dealing with you know some of the things that maybe kids are are going through sometimes like dealing with moves and dealing with making new friends and things like that so it really speaks to like uh the inner child or the children's parts.
0: the idea of acceptance and and diversity because you're very yeah. big into having that taught to people that you yeah. want that you want this idea so it's a gentle book in the sense of the idea of diversity it's this that sort of thing that you know what does it take to be accepted in a new community
2: yeah, absolutely. The the family featured, uh they're all a, a family of color. So, um mm-hmm. and and what's amazing about this book is that the little girl in it, uh in our in-bulk book for this same series. She grows mm-hmm. up and she is uh married to uh a woman in that book. And mm-hmm. uh, they're talking about their their child goes through a journey for Involk, a similar journey. Um and also that one was written by Furfae as well. Um so you can check out that one it's on the website too. Yeah.
0: And it's not too early to get Involk cuz that's February 2nd. Yeah, it's it, yes. it, Traditionally, I mean, yes, and we'll be talking about the diversity of practices in the future. Uh, there it is. Um, so in this project of the book, what does it take to actually write a children's book?
2: Um, honestly, it takes uh, – well, for, for it can, that can take a lot of different forms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with with – the books that we did for this one, um, we had Ferfay uh, start out by writing a rough draft of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he spent a, a couple hours researching and a couple hours thinking about how the storyline would go and then sketched it out roughly. Uh, after that, we had um, a meeting on WhatsApp and uh, discussed it with the, the artist as well as the editing team, um, which included myself. Uh, Occasionally, Maureen was there for helping with note-taking, and Esther, one of our editors. Um, And we went through it line by line, word by word, and uh, we also received feedback on it from Monica Crossan, another one of our pagan authors. Um, And from there, we uh, uh, had Furfe go back and finish the editing from our notes. And um, then he sent the the pages or the content over to Peter, and Peter drew out the the the, the uh, drawings that went with it. After that, we put it together um, in a uh, word processing program, or Photoshop-like pro- program, and then uh, turned it into a book and put it on our website.
0: So this is very knowledgeable for people who do want to create books and things of that nature. Um, so let me do one last thing. I understand you have a new service or a service that you're putting out for children and grandchildren. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. And in or it could be nieces and nephews, it could be you know, any child that uh you would like to have something unique for mm-hmm. for uh, a Yule gift this year. Um, or in in preparation for next year, if it might take a a bit longer to to finish. But we can do this for basically any topic, not just Yule. Um, And it can be whatever storyline that you would like, and we can make your child, or the child that's special in your life, the center of the book, the main character. Um, and we will create uh, a story with you with one of our talented writers. Um, We can also uh, commission one of our uh, artists to do the artwork for you, Um, or if you uh, are creative and would like to try that, then you're welcome to do that too. We can customize it to fit um, whatever you're looking for, and your child can have uh, their very own book with themselves as the main character.
0: That is so cool. But today, you should be going out and getting – how do you pronounce that? Yule at
2: Yule at Nisaha. Uh so that Nisa comes Hagen. From, Yeah, it comes from north. Uh and um the the these characters are um tiny little elves that live in uh the forest near uh the village and uh they help to show her what is going on with the holly king and the oak king and and their yearly fight their yearly battle
0: and one more time where can they get that the you know the simplest place they go get it is
2: Speak to your own yeah.
0: And there you go so folks that's the next book you'll at niesenhamen it's it's interesting i'm going to get one for my grandchildren and uh and, and enjoy and uh and we'll be back with more pagan books as you know, pagan books, books are the most common denominator in our community, and we need to preserve them.
2: Yes. Uh, so, Blessed me, thank you for being with me, and we'll talk again soon.